Hello and welcome back to the Temple podcast. My name is Edward Pike. I'm the founder of the Temple. And this podcast is a space for us to explore our interconnectedness and our potential. And we do that through the stories and the wisdom of some of the change makers of our time in the fields of health, leadership, transformation, entrepreneurship, spirituality and creativity, just to name a few. So in this episode, I speak to Kerry Nola. So Kerry is the Shadow Mama. She's based in the States and she works with awakening healers who want to, to go deeper into their gifts. And as she says, to help them upgrade their energy and to help their souls create structures, structures around them that really support their growth and their expression. So it was a wonderful conversation. I really invite you to listen to this one. Um, we really go on, on important topics right now about how we are invited to go beyond our boxes to, to reconnect with higher dimensions and higher aspects of ourselves. And at the very end, or toward the very end, uh, Kerry does a wonderful card reading about what's actually going on right now uh, in the collective consciousness. Very interesting. I really invite you to stay till the end. She does that using her messages from the shadow cards, which I highly recommend. You can get them uh, on the Play Store for Android, on the uh, what's it called, the App Store for Apple, but also you can order them as physical copies from her website, kerrynola.com. So, without anything more, I invite you to take a deep breath, sit back, relax, and I'm introducing you to Kerry Nola. Hi, Kerry. Hello again. Hello. Good to see you in your beautiful cruise ship background. Thank you so much. I love the ocean. I like yeah. to share it with my with my friends when we're chatting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm just uh, sharing before we turned on the recording how um, I think we're both feeling very open to what wants to emerge from this chat. So that's always the best way. I just feel um or sense like this kind of intelligence wanting to dance with us today so i'm very curious to hear what comes out of both your mouth and my mouth <laughs> yes it's yeah. always an adventure <laughs> we'll be open to spirit who knows what will emerge <laughs> yeah exactly so let's start off with that kind of the ritual question of this podcast which is asking you to to introduce in your own words what is that what is the magic that you are currently doing in the world? Mm, such a beautiful way to frame that question, the magic. And that, that is what I think of I, what all of us do. And my flavor of magic right now is helping healers to awaken to the magic and medicine inside of them. Um, particularly helping healers to transmute any, any shadow energy, any frequency of doubt or uncertainty or wounding that they might have that would keep their magic from being available to them, through them, uh, from them, uh, so that the souls that need what they have can really find it. Um, I my previous life in this lifetime was as a licensed psychotherapist working quite traditionally. And so most of the healers and healing entrepreneurs that find me now are 
licensed or more traditionally trained practitioners who are desiring and, and craving more authenticity, more naturalness, more yeah. of their themselves. Yeah. And I find that they've often been indoctrinated to um, illusions and distortions that don't really honor their full their fullness, their full expression, laws and rules that are often well-meaning, but have become so rigid in nature that they can tend to uh, create limitation in the healing experience. So a lot of what I love to play with and unwind and loosen up are those shadows of scarcity and um, disempowerment um, mm. and shame about who we are and mm. what we have to offer. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's, let me just change. Something's happening, but it should be okay. <laughs> As you were speaking, um, I really felt so. A couple of podcasts ago, I interviewed my friend Matt Taylor, who shares that this coming year, what's a big shift for us is going beyond our logic and stepping into a space of magic, more um, intuitive and non linear reality. And it, I get the sense and this is a question also for you. Is this what you see in you know, someone who's been trained, for example, as a psychotherapist, which might be more rigid and more structured and has a certain type of kind of bit of a box, a bit of logic around it? And is your work, does your work and how does your work invite and allow and enable them to go beyond that logic and into their, whatever you want to call it, their divine, their, their magic? Yes. Oh, I really, I really love that exploration. And I would agree that we're going beyond logic. To me, it's the, it's the reconnection of the masculine and the feminine, yeah. right? I think that so many of the fields that have been cultivated have been done so in a very masculine fashion where there's a, an overvaluing of that which is logical, practical, linear, yeah. Uh, and there's so much beauty and magic in that. And now we are remembering, I think, as a collective, the value of the feminine, the feminine wisdom, the, the gentleness, the receptivity, the, the softness, the flow, and the beauty that lives there. Um, and I think there's an interesting opportunity to not shame the masculine. I think as we're trying to invite um, a lot of people call it the feminine rising, but in my experience, the feminine actually descends Ooh. and goes in down, goes like down. Like I picture her on her knees, like there's a descent to the earth and to the wisdom that is in the womb. Uh, we can think of that metaphorically. We can think of that literally for an embodied uh, feminine human. Uh, and there's those energies that are of masculine and feminine that run through all of us, regardless of our, our gender experience, right? And so I think collectively, we're healing a lot of that. And what is interesting and exciting to me is how we can do that without needing to take down, like the masculine, like mm. lift up the gifts and, and wonders of, of that energy, while also 
freeing up and liberating that uh, which has been hidden, repressed, uh, denied, ignored, forgotten, uh, that's really trying to get our attention. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Mm. So is this something that you've been doing then? This is, this is your work really with healers and yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it was not even a conscious decision. It just seemed that as, as healers found their way to me, the conversation was around feeling the, the trauma of feeling um, forced to exist in a way that wasn't in their, their nature, that, yeah. that was hindering their real gifts from radiating and being available. And then that conversation turned into a curiosity of, of okay, well, how did that happen? And uh, what part of you allowed that or thought that that was necessary or lost, lost his or her voice along the way to say, like, it, it isn't okay to undermine my gifts in this way. So a lot of it is healing from the, the trauma of feeling like, we've been done too, um, and realizing like where our hurts made us susceptible to um, playing along with things that weren't, um, weren't okay for us, mm. where we abandoned our power. Yeah, abandoned our power. Oh, that's really juicy as well, if we abandoned our power, yeah. Mm. Mm. And so, what kind of healers do you do you attract or you tend to work with? Is it people who are, as you said, psych psychotherapy? Is it people who are bringing healing through a different form, creativity, et cetera, et cetera? What kind of people do you tend to, to attract? Yeah, I would say 80% of my community are, are licensed uh, practitioners of some form, whether they're practicing therapy or uh, acupuncture uh, yeah. medicine in some more traditionally conventionally trained way. Um, and they have, uh, they're hearing the whispers of more. Um, and also I work with those who might identify as coaches or, um, you know, energy healers, uh, you know, someone who has a, a message or medicine that is wanting to emerge, but they don't necessarily have what we would think of as conventional uh, training oh. um, or licensure. I love how you say that. They have a medicine wanting to emerge. Oh yes, <laughs> that's so powerful. That's so powerful. And I love also what you said about the identify as coaches. <laughs> I think that's such a, a brilliant kind of, I don't know, expression because I know from my experience, from working with people, there is like, there is a, an identification with, oh, I am a, either I am a healer and I do do, I bring my gifts through, as you say, a specific practice, or I'm a healer, but I'm offering it through coaching. And I really believe many coaches are really beautiful healers um, in their own unique medicine and magic, as you say. So I just love the way that you're, you're framing those things. It makes it it gives it a nice openness and a space and I can really feel the, the, the container that you create, which invite allows that um, 
medicine. Oh, I love that word, medicine, to, to emerge from them. Oh, that's really juicy. Yes. No, I have the chills because I think we're, we really have an opportunity to redefine medicine, right? Yeah. And us as, as the physician and us as the healer and us as the one who listens deeply to the body and to the heart and to the soul to know what resources would best serve us at any given time. And sometimes that may be uh, traditionally known Western medicine and other times something else. And that's what I mean about the re-evaluating and um, revaluing, you know, what, what is supportive. So I don't think we need to shame this or that. And I think we, we need to allow the truth to resurface about uh, what is healing. Mm. And as we return to our sovereignty and our power, I think we reclaim our, our choice and our right to really listen more within than to rely on an external uh, savior or source of sorts to, uh, to save us or to uh, protect us in some way. Mm, which is the healing, right? But that is the healing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I've always found it fascinating. And it's something I talk about a lot with my community of healers that we have termed very ancient indigenous practices of healing as new age. <laughs> I find that just laughable and quite ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly, it's these things are, there's nothing new about so many of these modalities they've been buried they've been devalued um, they've been demonized in many ways and i think we're ready mm. to revisit uh, their offering mm. yeah and so many of these practices as you say have been demonized or rejected in in the collective but also within ourselves uh, you know i see that oh, for sure in my personal story you know that the dance of wanting to express and wanting to share and wanting to share like my medicine, our medicine. And then the other part is like, no, 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 no. You're going to stay nice and small in your cupboard and just wait until the time is right. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's like, a, do, do you see that as, you know, of course you can't really separate the collective for the personal, but is that something that you see and you're seeing in your exploration in your work, how, how these two are very much linked. Actually, it's a big question, sorry, because I'm going to add to that. And, and how do you see that shifting like now in this present time in our collective evolution? That's a beautiful question. I, it's fascinating. I'll speak to myself personally before I talk about what I see with others. I find that the more that I heal and awaken my own, my own self and my own permission yeah. to share and to shine, the less I see in the collective or the less I feel influenced or, or hindered or controlled uh, by, by external factors, right? Yeah. So it's almost like the vibration of me seems to impact and influence the vibration of what is around me. And so I might hear about it from clients or I might see it in the world, but in my personal world, there seems to be less and less attempts at controlling uh, me, my voice, um, 
my medicine. And part of that is because I'm not as controlling of it anymore. Mm. Um, certainly every day there's new nooks and crannies to explore and different permissions to choose to give myself or not. Um, and that's a big conversation about, I think there's a, a major awakening that's going on right now. And I think it's really, um, you know, scary to see some of the things happening around the world right now, different conversations politically, financially, health-wise. Um, and I think the revealing of those things is an important part of our healing. And a lot of my mentors, this isn't something I've personally studied, but a lot of my mentors have shared that it takes a very small percentage, uh, less than 10% from what I've heard, of the collective to awaken in order for there to be a shift of sorts where something new begins to be uh, the available narrative, like mm. a new channel that we can tune into. And I feel hopeful and inspired and excited about what I'm seeing in regard to that, more voices being heard, um, you know, uh, structures that are built on um, distortions and illusions are crumbling and they're being revealed. And the thing is, it's that they're nothing new. They're very old. They've been along, around for a long time, but they've been able to hide um, and to be ignored and denied in a lot of ways. And now they're more available for us to notice and see and realize and uh, find our part in. Yes. It's a mouthful. Yes. <laughs> so much to say and so much to um, say. But you summarized it beautifully. Yeah, in, in, in sharing that. And and as you were speaking, I also really felt I wanted to ask more about your own journey from from let's say licensed psychotherapist to what you're doing now. What was that shift like for you? Like was you know, I'm guessing it was gonna be messy and chaotic like most changes, like most of us. But I'm curious, what, what was it like and how, how did it manifest for you? Oh, it was, it was a big mess. <laughs> there was really <laughs> nothing, nothing graceful or pretty about it. I don't know how it looked externally. I tend to, I'm getting better, but it, externally it probably looked prettier than it was or felt <laughs> inside. inside. <laughs> yeah, I'm good at that too. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, we, yeah, we, we tend to that don't we um so ever since i was a little girl i knew that i was going to be i didn't know the word therapist but as young as i can remember i said i was here to help people and once i knew what therapy counseling was i quickly knew that so i never was confused about my purpose um that wasn't one of my challenges uh, yeah. in this life and I, right out of school, uh, went into a master's program and got, you know, licensed and built my practice and absolutely adored the work and really felt like I was here for it. Um, just words would stream from me. And yes, I had a lot of training, but a lot of it felt very natural. And I really imagined that I would be doing it until I was gray and old and, you know, that. Um, it just never occurred to me that some other expression of healing would be my life's work. Um, but I, in 2012, I wrote my first book, actually two books that year. And 
started to feel my a, a bigger voice inside of me that felt like the four walls of my practice, my office, my brick and mortar healing space began to feel small, but I wasn't ready to admit that yet. And I remember many of my clients being like, you're not going to do this forever. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're, just, you're just scared of me leaving. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. But I, some part of me heard them and it, it woke something up like, maybe they're right. Like, could that be true? But I couldn't accept it. It felt like a death too, too big to bear. I just couldn't imagine the loss of that identity. Um, and it was a hiding place for me in a lot of ways because, you know, as a, a psychotherapist, we're really taught to be a blank slate, to not, um, our personal things were personal and private and they didn't belong yeah. in the yeah. space. And in a lot of ways, I, I agree with, with the sentiment of that to create a container and about have boundaries. And I think there's a lot of beauty, but it's also nuance. But see, I used it to take myself out of the equation altogether because that felt safe. Well, then nobody would see me and nobody could hurt me. And um, there was a smallness in that that started to feel, um, it was like a, a, a conflict mm. of, I love this work and I can't hide anymore. And um, then that was several years. And then uh, in 2016, so four years after that, I started uh, getting the, uh, contractions, I think of everything in birth <laughs> metaphors, yeah. of um, a new healing modality, uh, which turned out to be my messages from shadow mm. oracle deck and healing system. Right, yeah. And I resisted it for a long time. I'm like, I'm a therapist. I'm not, I don't make oracle cards. This is woo-woo <laughs> and weird. And I'm a therapist. I'm I don't therapist. do that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I was I'm a licensed psychotherapist. I don't make cards. <laughs> right, right. It's like this doesn't fit the identity. I'm having an identity crisis. This yeah. is not right. Like I'm avoiding it. I'm ignoring it. And of course, we know what happens then. It's just louder and louder. And the whisper <laughs> turns into a knock, which turns into a, a smack upside the head lovingly. But the universe, you know, our soul is evolutionary by nature. So we can't ignore these things. We, yeah. we create illness and discord and so much chaos and i ended up um becoming quite quite sick uh physically pain and fatigue and traditional medicine couldn't find anything so i started going to my spiritual teachers and spiritual advisors and they're like you're having an awakening like something's trying to come through you like let it and my therapist at the time said could you please sit still and fall apart like Whoa. sit still and fall apart. And that was literally like the worst thing my control freak nature could possibly hear. <laughs> what yeah. that? Am I paying you to tell me this? Like, <laughs> this is awful. But I, something knew that it was right. And I, I knew better than to ignore it. Um, so I let these cards come through me and they came through very quick once I gave permission and stopped resisting. Um, it was a meditation one day and all 30 three, now 34, but at the time, 33 energies revealed themselves. And I quickly took notes. And within nine months, the deck revealed, mm. I had the images and a, yeah. a guide booklet and it got out into the world and taught me how to use it. And then I started um, doing immersion retreats with therapists to learn uh, this modality. And um, it later became an app. Um, and just took on a life of its own. And 
after that, um, I just knew that the work that I was doing in my therapy practice was very sacred and very beautiful. And that for me to make the impact that I was actually here to make and offer, I needed to answer the next call. And so I slowly transitioned over the course of several years and retired full-time in 2017, moved across country to a place where I only knew one other soul and um, started this new new life with this new version of me. I didn't tell anybody what I did. When it, people asked me who I was, I just said, I'm Carrie. <laughs> and it was so liberating and people would talk. My specialties in practice were um, complex uh, trauma, particularly sexual trauma, spiritual abuse, and also dissociation. And people would talk about these topics and I would just listen like I knew nothing. And um, it was so freeing to mm. be my personal self and not my professional self and to play more and to get more into my body and then to really listen to what I was wanting and mm. being called to do and to be and to have next. Um, so there's a real... That's a long story. <laughs> oh, and I just mentally took note of two things, two strands in that story that are really powerful, but just wanted to, to kind of reflect that through that awakening, it was a very, it was a full, like, full transformation, it sounds like. It was a real physiological transformation. Letting go of an, a way a rebirth, of being. Right. Yeah, a rebirth, yeah. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah, and I looked different on the other side. Um, I had a new physical identity. I felt like my body changed, my, my face. It was just uh, literally like a rebirth. It just yeah. felt like without physically dying, although it felt like I was dying, um, I, I was anew mm. um, and very much incorporate my psychotherapy wisdom and gifts into the work now. And I think having that experience helped me to not only support the souls that I was meant to support in that expression of my gifts, but it also prepared me to be um, a, a mentor, a guide, a facilitator to others in that field in a way that maybe others wouldn't be able to mm. to understand or be be capable of because yeah. I spoke the language I knew the experience I, I was under the spell in a lot of ways of the the shadows of the field there's a lot of beautiful things and there's also things that really are asking for evolution mm. and I think because of that experience I'm able to speak to the light and the shadow of the field uh, in a way that offers healing and awakening hmm. do you want to share a bit about the what those shadows might sure um i think you're back i heard you say the chat what are the shadows Is that, yes my microphone keeps dropping out for some reason i was just curious about the shadows of of that of the of that field of that industry just briefly sure i think Two of the most significant ones that I've noticed are the shadows of uh, codependence or disempowerment uh, and also the shadow of scarcity. Mm. Um, yeah, the first one is the shadow of scarcity. And I think I've noticed that showing up more in the lack of permission for therapists to receive in exchange for 
their healing work that was being offered. Um, So there tend to be very poorly compensated for the incredible work that they do. And um, there's a lot of shame around receiving in exchange for the work. A lot of um, illusions around greed if we are getting paid for doing healing work in a way that you would never hear like a lawyer or an accountant being shamed for charging mm, for in exchange for their work. True. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yet when healing is involved, all of a sudden it's shameful to yeah. make a make a an abundant living. Yeah. And I found that um there was a lot of, of healing to to be happening there. Yeah. Um and so those are a lot of the conversations that I have. It's like we can love for free. Like you're not paying for my care. You're not paying for my compassion. You're not paying for my love. Like that's freely offered to everyone always. What you're paying for is my, my gifts, my time, um, you know, the exchange of energy, which I have found is an important uh, opportunity for a client also to step into their power and to make an investment, to say, yes, I choose healing. Yes. I want to do this. Yes, I'm worthy of of paying for uh, something that supports me in my healing process and my transformation. And I started finding that instead of uh, believing that my clients paying me was hurting them or taking something from them, that it was actually activating mm. something in them and for them. And yes, I benefited from that. And yes, we do need to watch our shadows of of greed and abundance in a way that that is available in all of us, right? We all are capable of taking and being seduced by money. And those are things to look for and watch for. However, the mental health field seemed to be so out of balance with this frequency of scarcity that I didn't notice a lot of people doing that. I noticed more people like their nervous systems not even available to to be good at their job anymore because they were so overworked and so underpaid they weren't taking vacation or you know giving themselves appropriate self-care and that hurts their clients doesn't help them right so i think those were some of the primary wounds and also when i said the shadow of codependence i think i think there's a perspective of like protecting the clients in a way that goes beyond protection and starts taking their power away. Um, Like not giving a client a choice about um, paying and and what they pay and letting them know that it's a sovereign decision. They can do it or they don't have to. And also believing that a client needs us Mm -hmm. versus can choose us. There's a lot of ways that people can get help, right? And, And I think we need major reform in our mental health systems so that care is available to those who need it, who don't have resources. So I'm not suggesting most of my clients work in, um, in private practice, right? Where they have the flexibility and freedom and they're trying to make a living from, you know, the work that they do. So I think this is a both and it's a very nuanced conversation. Sometimes when I speak of this, um, I think it can sound, you know, privileged in a way that um, feels ignoring of the other. So I want to mm. speak to, mm. yes, healing and change is needed. And I'm, I'm talking about a different uh, sect of the conversation yeah. in this moment. Yeah. Ooh, I, there's so much, so much in this. I'm sure we could spend a 
whole podcast. I'm sure, I'm sure maybe you do whole retreats on this topic. It's really, really juicy. But what I wanted to touch on is when the messages of the shadow, and when you started speaking of the shadow of the industry, for example, I could see you, you know, kind of being able to see through these 33, 34 aspects of shadow, right? And be able to kind of pull, like pull a card, pull a few cards and, and I know one of your nicknames is it Mama Mama Shadow. Mama, yeah, Mama, Mama Shadow. <laughs> shadow Mama, yeah. Shadow Mama, that's it. So how how do you how yeah is this something that's always been available to you being able to to read shadow in this way people's shadow or collective shadow is it something that's that arose with these cards and was developed how was it. Oh, great question. I would say, yes, the tool became, uh, the shadow cards became a way to streamline something that was very natural for me. Um, I have been able to see through BS since I arrived on the planet (laughs) in a way that I didn't know what that was at the time, but I knew things about people and about spaces and about like grownups and I'm like, "Mm, something's off. Um, And even if there was an external validation of that, there was a knowing. And I believe that we all have that. I don't think that's something special about me. I think it's something that I I cultivated consciously as I aged and um, matured in my, in my practice Mm. of awakening. Um, But yeah, that was very present with me. And I also had a strong inclination to call out authority that was misusing power or uh like denying truth um from a very young age like school was challenging for me i was compliant in certain ways but there were certain things i just couldn't be quiet about (laughs) (laughs) um i remember calling out the super school superintendent at a meeting and i got called into the principal's office and they said you made us look bad and i said well (laughs) <laughs> she made us look bad. She was speaking lies, and I don't. And I wrote a letter to the editor in the newspaper. So it's like, since I was young, yeah. the bringing light to dark spaces and untruths was definitely a part of me. Mm. Yeah. And and you talked about I love that expression: sit down or sit still and fall apart, or allow yourself to fall apart. And as you said that, I'm just reminded of this current situation that we're in where people, many people are forced to sit still and perhaps fall apart. So I would love, yeah, I would love you to, to hear your insight in that in the current, current lockdowns and pandemic and what is the opportunity for people in that to perhaps face their shadows, perhaps awaken. Yeah, how do you perceive and sense what's happening in that context? Yeah, I think there is a light and a and a shadow in every experience. And I think when we choose to acknowledge and dance with both, that's where our freedom and liberation lives. Um, I think that we've gotten very fast paced uh, in our mm. world. Yeah. And I think that the speed at which we are moving has has is a coping strategy for the avoidance and distraction from pain and wounds that are asking for our presence and attention. So whether we're addicted to a substance or 
addicted to social media or news or overworking or whatever the our addiction of choice might be, which we all have one, <laughs> at least <laughs> like it or not, the, the, right? Exactly. Uh, we have our one of my clients calls it the shadow greatest hits. <laughs> so we have our addictions greatest hits, right? I'm looking for the shadow. There's a the, one of the cards in the shadow deck is the shadow of addiction. And um, it's interesting. I'm going to show it to you, uh, Ted. But so the shadow of addiction and they all all the cards associate with one of the chakras too. And yeah. it was interesting that the the throat chakra revealed with the addiction pattern. And so it's like, how do we speak truth to to the power of the addiction that we have fallen into and uh you know allowed to have this power over us in our experience so to circle back to the quarantine piece it's like yeah we can use this to to get still um, i think it's a collective invitation metaphorically to go inward mm. to get back to the simple important things in life um, the, the family, the, like, yeah, how we can, to me, it was a recalibration of the me versus the we. And I think that we're looking at the shadow of me is like selfish, not looking at the we, but the light of me is self-care hmm. and truth and, and sovereignty. And then there's a light and shadow of the we, right? It's, being so collectively focused that we abandon the self or that we're so self-focused that we abandon the we. And I think that's all trying to rebalance right now. If you think of the conversation around masks or the yeah. conversation around the vaccine or the conversation of the lockdown. And so I think we're trying to sort out where do we individually fall in the collective and how do we take care of self and be mindful and honoring of other because we're sharing this planet um, with one another and we're trying to figure out how to do that in a way that is meaningful and safe and compassionate. And um, I think that's a, a bigger part of the conversation. The fear has us thinking it's about a virus or yeah, the thing the thing yeah, and it's yeah. never about the thing it's like what is the thing here yeah. i find it interesting that uh the meaning of corona is the crown yeah exactly sovereignty right <laughs> <laughs> sovereignty the crown chakra opening yeah. to divine wisdom beyond ourselves yeah. like there the opportunity that's here right now is so is so significant and mm. um and i think we're answering the call mm. um, my sense is uh, there is a collective uh, answering of the call. Yeah, yeah. So what would you say to someone who is either starting to answer the call or what would you say to someone who is um, resisting answering that call, who is sitting still perhaps in the quarantine and is kind of on that verge of falling apart? may yeah. it be a, a therapist or not what would you what would you say to to those people who might be listening mm. the first thing i would say is breathe like breath is the courier of consciousness and often we're holding our breath and that keeps us from being in our body fully where all the truth and wisdom lives 
it keeps us from being able to access our own truth and knowing. Um, as we breathe, though, we remember things that may be difficult to feel or remember. And so compassion and gentleness, like I'm not one of the shadows in the uh, the deck that revealed itself was the shadow of force. So for me, it's never about forcing ourselves to do something that we're not ready to do yet. It's about being curious about, well, why, what would keep me resisting? What am I afraid would happen if I wasn't resisting? And there's so much wisdom there. And what does that part of me need in order to feel safe to release the resistance? Like working with what is versus trying to be somewhere else mm. is, I think, really, uh, really powerful. And there's an opening in the acceptance of what is in this moment. Um, like right now, I don't want to sit still. Awesome. Like that's, that's a truth that you're telling yourself. I don't want to sit still. Great. What are you afraid would happen if you did? Um, is there um, yeah, an opportunity where stillness could be medicine? And what would it take for you to receive that, that medicine? Um, and sometimes it's about doing nothing different other than saying, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. You have a right to not do it. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. That's completely up to you. Sometimes there's consequences, you know, there's always, um, there's a light and shadow of every choice. You know, what part of me is making that choice? Is that a wise part where sitting still would have me crumbling in a way that would collapse my life? Like maybe you're a parent and falling apart right now isn't an option because yeah. you need to provide and protect. Yeah. That is wise. Please do not fall apart. If, if your wisdom is telling you not to do that, like to me, that's the opportunity of all of this is like, it's not about doing this or that. It's about being curious to the wisdom of whatever's happening in a moment. But if you find that you have this story of, I can't fall apart, is that true? Like oftentimes I work with people, it's like, well, I have to have new clients. I have to make money. I have to do this. I'm like, okay, how much money do you have in your bank right now? Like literally, like let's get down to, would you starve? And like, there's all these resources and there's a partner with an abundant job or there's and I'm like, okay, so you don't want to fall apart or, or you want to hurry up, but you don't need to, like, you don't have to, right? Is there a cushion? And, and what are these stories that we're telling ourselves? Are they true? Usually there's some truth, but not all the truth. Um, I like to think of it like a three-year-old driving. It's like, you know, they can't really see over the wheel to see the full picture. <laughs> Right. So if the grown up peeks out into life and is like, okay, this feels scary, but is there an actual threat? Mm. You know, usually the biggest threat is a feeling. Mm. It's like, well, yeah. I would feel really bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of life is navigating our feelings. Um, that's a big answer. It's a big question. That's my, that's my process. That's what I do. That's what I invite others to do. Um, it's not easy. I've sat still sometimes during the quarantine. I've overeaten. I've, you know, gotten depressed and laid in bed for a few days. I've cried a lot. I've, you know, 
wished I'd be kind of taken out and just gone to the other side and <laughs> be done with this already. I mean, it's like we all visit all of the places. Um, yeah. I'm not an enlightened being. I have enlightened moments, but you know, those are <laughs> few and far between during times of crisis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful way of saying it. I have enlightened moments. It's beautiful. I have a moment and I have I have moments of wakefulness and feeling alive and awake and enlightened and then the next day is 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 completely opposite. That's beautiful. A good reminder as well that this journey is definitely not linear. It's more of a I don't know. <laughs> like have you seen that <laughs> meme where it's like, you know what I think my life should be yeah. like A to B and what it actually is, which is this the zigzag and zigzag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I love what you just said oh. about you know, if your wisdom is sending you to not fall apart and follow that, and that is the invitation of the sovereignty, really, isn't it? It's knowing, connecting to our, our, our personal guidance as to what is right for us right now, um, mm-hmm. including in, in these, these wider themes of awakening and, and, and you know, deepening our connection with ourselves and with the world and with those that we love and our relationships. There is a, a wisdom in all all those moments about what we need to choose which as you just mentioned can be very practical like you you just cannot do that right now you know you just have to keep it together for a little bit longer until until you have the space to do so Yeah. yeah and then just noticing if that's a pattern right a pattern of um always telling yourself that you can't do that where that could be self-harming in some way is that a self-sabotaging program that keeps you stuck small um you know hindered in some way uh because we can always make a new choice in every moment so it's really about becoming a witness and an observer of ourselves and our choices and our processes and um i find with meditation breath work beautiful tools to slow down and be able to watch and witness versus feeling so stuck in our experience. And I think that's where mentors come into play as well, right? Um, but being mindful of, of who you want to invite on the path with you. Are they someone that, um, you know, is reflecting you back to your own truth and your own knowing, or are they presenting themselves as knowing the truth, the light and the way, and you're supposed to follow it? You know, I think that's a a huge part of the Aquarian uh, frequency that we're moving into is that, um, yeah, that, that choice and that, that inner knowing. Um, Yeah. Mm. And I just want to touch on, again, onto your cards, your beautiful cards. I've, Mm. um, because I recently, I've, I was working with them a while ago, and then recently, since we've been in touch, I've been reconnecting with them again. And I'm just, you know, they are so spot on every time. You know, they really kind of take you there every single time to that part that, or a way of seeing it that, you know, the, the shadow aspect that was very much hidden from, from consciousness. So what what is a good way for people to use those cards, especially right now? It's a good Good question, maybe. Sure. So one of the best, well, one of the 
uh, differences between this deck and maybe a, another Oracle deck is that it lends itself best to showing you something that you can't see that could be blocking you or, yeah. or keeping you stuck or that's just trying to heal or move. Or So one of the questions I love to ask when I'm using it is what shadow is prioritizing for healing right now? Mm. And I would love to do a collective reading for the listeners. We can pull a card and, and yes. do an example of this, right? Yeah. Um, but that's one of the questions. Um, if you don't have an intention when you pull the card, it can be rather confusing because you might pull a card like, um, let me pull one, grief, and be like, well, I'm not grieving. I don't get that. What's happening, right? But if you ask the question, what energy is prioritizing for healing right now, and then you pull grief, it's like, okay, let's get curious. What am I grieving? What feels like a loss? What past losses are still, um, you know, wound up inside of me that may need yeah. to have my presence and attention, right? Yeah. And then I have the guide booklet that goes with the cards that um, talks a little bit about the energy, but more importantly, asks you questions to help you dive more deeply into the pattern. And then it also has a healing mantra that you can use um, to loosen the energy. And you can also use the image on the card to help clear at the cellular level of the memory as it's stuck in your cells. Um, this isn't a heavy lifting tool. It can be very intense uh, to move these energies at times. So I, I like to say it's not your mama's oracle. <laughs> it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Partly why I created it was because I was going through a really tough time and I kept looking at traditional Oracle decks and they were saying, um, you know, everything's working out. And I'm like, is it? <laughs> Doesn't feel I, feel like like, it. <laughs> I feel like absolute crap and like nothing's going my way. And this is terrible. I'm like, so yes, at the higher level of truth, of course, everything's working out. And at the human level, which we can't ignore because that's the reality and experience that we're having. Um, and yes, simultaneously, other truths are real and here too. But what does my human self need to know to shift and move in a meaningful way? Um, and so that's really what this deck shows you. So mm. not for the faint of heart, but I'm guessing your listeners are are interested in going deep and looking at and bringing to light the things that are yeah. Uh, emerging. Yeah. yeah. And it's exactly my experience of your, of your deck. It is. It's it's very sim simple and it's in the, in the imagery in the format in the text in what's the invitation but it just you know it's like kind of laser like ooh, and you get it straight away you know yeah. yeah so i love the idea of doing a reading for the listeners um yeah reading for the listeners if you would like Let's to proceed <laughs> i would love to so i have the deck here i'm gonna shuffle it's been sitting with us the whole time so yeah. i trust that it um it knows not time or space. So whenever you're listening, um, just see what wisdom is here for you. So what shadow is prioritizing for clearing for those who will listen now and later? Okay, I love this. So the collective card emerged. This is one of the neutral cards in the deck that um, we would then pick another card to understand what shadow is healing in the collective. The collective can be the collective, meaning collective consciousness, um, the world, humanity, but it can also be, if you wanted to use it in another intentional way, the collective of an organization, a culture, mm. a family um, as well. So what is the collective healing? Fascinating. We have another neutral card, the mirror 
card, the collective is mirroring something to us. It's showing us a reflection of something that wants to heal. There's a lot of throat. So the collective and the mirror cards have a lot of uh, throat and heart energy. So we're really looking at our frequency of, of loving and being loved, of grieving our losses, which are the mantras and energetics of the heart chakra and the throat, the expression of truth. Hmm. Um, okay. Uh, so the shadow that's collectively mirroring and asking for healing is armor. Yes. Armor. Wow. And I think this is so alive right now where how are we boundaries are not armor boundaries are a healthy expression of our sovereignty our individuality armor and boundaries are are fluid they're flexible right um armor is like nothing can get in nothing can get out Mm -hmm. okay and so as we identify where we are armored what we are blocking out what we are keeping from letting in we start to get more access to our power, um, to our, our will, our power, our individuality. And we also feel safer in the world. Um, our root chakra really opens where it's safe to be here. Yeah. I can trust myself. It's safe to be here. And I would love to pull um, uh, the, I want to read the transmission from the guide booklet around this and offer the healing mantra to see hmm. how this lands. So, It says the energy of self-protection is at play here and appears to be keeping us disconnected from our truth. Over lifetimes and experiences, we collect armor in an attempt to survive. This armor can show up in the form of ideas. For example, men or women are not safe. And these fuel behaviors, for example, since men or women are not safe, I will push them away or control or manipulate to keep myself safe. Once armor is honored for its purpose, it can loosen and release. This card arrives right now to invite us to be curious about the shadow of armor and how it may be keeping our experience of peace, joy, and love at an arm's length. Today, the guides ask you, are you willing to lean into the vulnerability of your open heart to realize the solution? (laughs) The healing mantra of this card that you can work with is, I am worthy of giving and receiving infinitely. Love is my protection. Wow. And that includes loving ourselves first, mm-hmm. right? Because when, when we love ourselves, we make choices that will naturally be honoring and protective. Mm. Mm. We'll be mindful of who we let in and out of our life. Um, our, our energetic field will become a natural alarm system where we will no longer be attractive or we will vibrate out of our field that which we are not available for. Um, and this isn't to blame ourselves for experiences that we've had. Um, this goes way beyond that to the nature of our power Mm. as creators of our experience. Mm. And if we only want to own our power when things are going well, like I manifested that money or that job or that lovely thing, but we don't want to own our creative power around things that are shitty and we don't like, then we're abandoning or abandoning our power. Yeah. Um, there's so much here. So I'm much in those cards. <laughs> I mean, the main, the main thing that kind of, bubbles up and that's really clear is 
in, in body psychotherapy and core energetics, we talk about the higher self, the lower self, and then the mask. And the mask is really our armory. It's our, our way of not being present to the lower parts of us, so the shadow self, but also to, as a result of that, to the higher self and to the, the yes that we have to life and to the beauty, let's say. And I'm just really connecting to what's going on right now and everyone wearing masks and this really physical representation of this mirror in the collective of that armor. And, you know, those masks are very much around the mouth and around the throat, and it's all about expression and the throat chakra. So I'm just really, I just really get this feeling of those, you know, those cards are really pointing, or this, this reading is really pointing to us, to that, to, to, to maybe use, not to use, but kind of perceive or see, you know, what's happening on the outside as a reflection of what is, where am I arming? Where am I holding back my truth? Where am I in my mask? You know, whatever I believe about the mask doesn't even matter. It's like, maybe it does matter, but you know, where am I, how is this pointing to something in me? That's really, really juicy. And that's because, you know, when we, when we do that work to pierce through the, the armor and the mask in this context, then, then we do access, you know, both the shadow and our gifts and our beauty and our higher self. So maybe that's the invitation right now to go beyond the mask go beyond the armor go beyond the mask and the armor and such a beautiful uh metaphor that we're living in right now for that it's like if we got out of the conversation of this or that right or wrong good or bad and we asked ourselves you know metaphorically what are the masks that i'm wearing mm. that are keeping me small the thing about the shadow is we think that only bad stuff or you know I'm going to say bad stuff because I think that's our human judgment about it yeah. is that bad stuff is the shadow, but our gifts, the shadow is just anything that's hidden yeah. and our gifts and our light can be hidden in the shadow as well. It's like if we spoke a truth and if we, our gifts weren't accepted, like our intuition or the tenderness of our inner child, our playful spirit was ever shamed or not accepted. And we thought that to belong, we needed to hide that. Those things are hidden in like the recesses of our psyche. And we build these barriers and walls and armors to try to feel acceptable. Mm. And so it's not only the quote unquote bad stuff. I don't see it as bad, even the, the tough stuff in the shadow, but it's our gifts in there too. Mm. So good. Oh, that was magical reading. Really, really, really. Going again, coming back to what we spoke at the beginning, beyond logic, completely beyond logic that these cards and messages can show up in this way. So I love that invitation through, you know, this whole podcast to just to open that door of possibility to something far beyond what um, in all aspects of our life. Oh, well, oh, you're on oh. Okay. Yeah, my microphone keeps dropping out for some reason, but we'll just deal with the unknown today. Um, final couple of questions. Is there anything you would like to add to this whole conversation? And how do people get in touch with you? Sure. Um, I feel pretty complete. I think just a reiteration of... Um, you're magical. Trust yourself. Breathe. Listen. And yeah, it's 
is a magical time to be alive. And I know that things can feel uncertain and vulnerable and scary. And it's a part of the ride. It's a part of our evolution. And um, we're all doing our part, contributing to that collective puzzle. And while we see chaos and crisis, if you are somebody who's listening to this and who's able to get still and to breathe and to uh, ground, then we can contribute that to the collective. There's some people who are struggling in a way that doesn't lend itself to that right now. So if you are one whose nervous system is able to calm and use these resources, that is a gift that we can offer others. So it's like, even if we're not willing to meditate for ourselves one day because we're bored or frustrated or tired, can we meditate for the world, mm. for others, to contribute that to the collective consciousness and to yeah. offer it as a reflection uh, to others who need it? Um, and as far as finding me, if um, you want to know about the cards, like download the app or to get your hands on one of the physical decks, you can go to messagesfromshadow.com. And um, my website is carrynola.com. Um, I have a free gift on there, um, an abundance activation challenge. We talked a lot about scarcity. So that's a six-day adventure through some exercises that help you deepen into your relationship with money and abundance and enoughness. Um, mm. So I think those are the things that kind of tie in with where we journeyed today. Yeah. And again, I highly recommend anyone who's listening to get that app, get those cards and to home play with them, especially at this time. It's a very powerful tool to use. And thank you for bringing it to the world, Kerry. And thank you for diving in with me today. That was really beautiful. And so much, so many, I get this feeling of, you know, just kind of diving in and getting these treasures getting these treasures, not out of you, but yeah, kind of out of the moment, you know, for like a magician pulling out this kind of, what's it called, those ribbons from the hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thank Aww. you, that was great. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me and for being nonlinear together. I just find this so refreshing, fulfilling, rewarding, and I'm so excited for everyone that will listen and um, take what is theirs to have from it. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin.